Let us pray. God, who comes down and manifests yourself as Jesus, we ask that you stir our minds, stir our hearts, open our mouths to speak your truth, to welcome others, and to love as you loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning all. It's good to see everyone. The church calendar. So I want to kind of start a little bit talking about the church calendar because it's an interesting tool that we use. I want you all to know that we don't just kind of like wake up and say like, oh, these are the lessons that I kind of want to preach on today. And, and so I'm going to pull out from uh, an old, old Testament lesson or a New Testament lesson. There's, we use what's called the Revised Common Lectionary, which provides readings from Scripture that we use when we gather for public worship. It's an ecumenical lectionary, originally from the Roman Catholic Church, that is used by many denominations today. And so this calendar is used by most preachers when preparing their sermons or homilies. And some days, the lessons are incredibly complex and sometimes are easier to preach on. And sometimes we have what we call feast days, and they're kind of next to each other, and we must decide what we will be preaching about. And so I'll tell you a little bit more about this. So for example, you may remember that just last month, we lost a week of Advent, like we're usually kind of used to having four full weeks. We went from Advent 4 to Christmas within, four, within hours, and the season of Christmas did not include a Sunday. And now we find ourselves having celebrated Epiphany yesterday, and the baptism of Jesus today. So both very important feast days in the church and observed by many around the world. And what happens during this time after tomorrow will between um, January 6th and Lent, the start of Lent, what we call the season of Epiphany. And yesterday we started that off with the feast of the Epiphany. So just, and if you grew up like me and you're, you didn't celebrate Epiphany or the other little muertos or the baptism of Jesus or this is your first time in a church This all may seem irrelevant to you But the more that we become familiar with how scripture is presented to us The more we can understand and wrestle with history and see how we hear this story today and how we respond Today you will notice that we are singing hymns for Epiphany but the lessons that are appointed are for the baptism of our Lord, which appears in all four Gospels. And so, a few weeks ago, I stumbled upon a post discuss, discussing this, this conundrum, this actual problem that we're having, right? It was this religious group of mostly ordained people or people who have gone to seminary, and it's like a things you didn't learn in seminary kind of thing. And so, some of the questions that were asked were, what are we going to do? Are we going to move Epiphany to Sunday the 7th and the baptism to the 14th? Will we have any baptisms? Will we only focus on the baptism of Jesus? And I think I experienced an Epiphany that very moment as I was reading those responses because some of them were just very mean. Uh, and I had to pray for Jesus to manifest himself on my keyboard because I knew what I wanted to say. And I knew that it was my ego feeling pretty strong and confident behind a screen. There were a lot of responses like, you have to stick to the rubrics. You need to listen to what the Book of Common Prayer says you're supposed to do. The feast is not movable. And I got curious if 
thought how these would be received by someone who is just looking to study scripture, looking to walk into a church and feel welcomed and feel loved. Who's wanting to get curious about what we do on Sunday mornings. So it's also an opportunity Aside from that, to, to learn from others, as I did read some pastoral responses that allowed me to start to connect these two feast days and to also respond a different, in a different way. And it was a reminder that we don't always get it right, but that we are allowed to start over and ask ourselves how our actions align with our words and with our baptismal covenant. And that's what both Epiphany and the baptism of Jesus remind us. That is what they have in common, that there is this hope and this gift that is God through Jesus. So uh, we, uh, the response that we, we have for, for Trinity is we have the hymns for Epiphany, and then we are celebrating the baptism of Jesus, right? But I, in case anyone asks, you know, I don't want you to feel left out, so we're going to read the gospel for Epiphany, which was yesterday. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observe the star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For, for, for from you shall come a ruler who is a shepherd, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had, been, that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. These wise men, who of course, we, we know this, we, we don't know much about them, right? We just know that they studied the stars. We don't even know if they were men. They were following the star to honor the king. And this frightened Herod, right? And that's, he felt threatened, and that's why he's like, yeah, let me know where he's at. Yeah, we just, I want to go pay him homage, right? But he cannot stop them from reaching Jesus, to witness Jesus. And most importantly, they, they were the only ones that had the ability to follow the star. So Herod needed them, they didn't? He couldn't just say, well, I'm just going to wander out and see if I can follow a star, because that was not his gift. And then in our gospel today, John the baptizer appears proclaiming a baptism 
of repentance. And in those days, Jesus came and was baptized. Now we know that Jesus did not need this baptism. But again, here we get this, this example of, of showing solidarity with the people, leading by example and walking and journeying with them. Not in front of them, but joining them. Becoming a God that is accessible. But also here we connect because Jesus is also experiencing his own epiphany, right? He saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am all pleased. And so here we are, left with this reminder how the sacrament of baptism unites us with God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And how this season of Epiphany, we hear of Jesus' ministry, and we are curious and hopeful and wonder what is to come and what is to happen. I just I want to end with this a prayer from Henry Nguyen that says, truly, the truly good news is that God is not a distant God. Not a God to be feared and avoided, a God of revenge, but a God who is moved by our pains and participates in the fullness of the human struggle. God is a compassionate God. Amen.